Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the ShuttlePod. This is Brian, Kayla, and Matt, and we are doing a supplemental ShuttlePod today. We're going to do an audio commentary. This will be the second one we've done. We did one, Matt and I did one a few months ago mm-hmm. for Balance of Terror, and that went reasonably well. Uh, we think we can improve on it a little bit this time. Well, at least we had fun. That's That's for sure. We did. We did. <laughs> And we are going to do an audio commentary. We're going, once again, for TOS, we're going to do the Doomsday Machine, which is obviously a fan favorite. And we all have our Tranya ready. And uh, <laughs> yes, we all have our Tranya, our Romulan Ale, and any other exotic beverage you could possibly <laughs> think of at the ready. We recommend that you know our viewers watching along bring their beverage of choice, be it... Uh, <laughs> uh, Nice fizzy cola or sparkling water or Tranya or Romulan ale. Sumerian sunset, maybe. There you go. Mm-hmm. Tra- yeah, compared to the very traditional good. style. Right. Of course. Of course. There's no other way to have it, really. <laughs> so we thought we'd give you a little bit of background information on the episode before we launched into it. This was the sixth episode that was aired during the second season of the show. It aired for the first time on October 20th, 1967. It was written by Norman Spinrad and directed by Mark Daniels. Mm-hmm. This is obviously a classic of the series. Many people put it in the top 10 of the franchise, of uh, the original series. For good reason. For good reason. So uh, I think we're going to launch into it. So the idea is that I will count down from five. And when I get to zero, everybody presses play, be it on streaming or Blu-ray or VHS <laughs> don't 16 watch it on mil- 16 millimeter <laughs> yeah whatever you got whatever you got if you're watching it on 16 millimeter like email us because that's awesome yeah yeah <laughs> hey we, back in the day that's how you used to watch that it, is that know? is yeah if you did if you know in the, in the pre vhs days you either caught them on broadcast tv or you somebody had a little bootleg 16 millimeter somehow did they no. sell right. did they sell 16 millimeter reels i think i think they did actually that's so cool yeah. i need one yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that it was, they were sold to conventions, whether oh, they're legally or yeah, not. There's got to be some from the 70s conventions floating around, yeah. Yeah, some sort of black market kind of deal. So mm-hmm. cool. Anyway, I think we shall begin. Mm-hmm. So I will count down from five, and like I said, at zero, press play. So stand by. In five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All right. Um, I am watching the remastered version of this episode. So am I. So am I. But we can delve into. Yeah, I was going to say the differences this, this, between the original this episode, broadcast version. I feel this like is ep- a mixed bag when it comes. Yes, to that. it is. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, this is Elizabeth Rogers who is playing Lieutenant Palmer. That's right. Uh, yeah. Where, Michelle. Where's yeah, the Hoover? <laughs> yeah, she was in, I think she's in two or three episodes of the series. Yeah, that's parties. right. Yeah. Um, I think Michelle was off. Occasionally, Michelle would take like a, a week or two off for a club gig. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That's so and, cool. And, you know, the, the support, and the supporting cast was often not signed for the entire season. Well, like so. the second season, Takei is off doing uh, the Green Berets, the, right? The Green with, Berets yeah, with John mm-hmm. Wayne. With yeah. John Wayne, which is kind of cool. Which is why George is mostly not in season two. Yeah. That was just our like, a few seconds ago. That was our first uh, really obviously remastered thing, right? The CG. Yes. Here's yep. another one. The, the very yep, the see now this is cool. The debris, field. The, the debris actually shows up instead of like not really being a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's George. Yeah. Honestly, it's been so long since I've seen the non-remastered versions. I kind of want to go back and watch them. Yeah. This this yeah. episode struggles. It does. Like I would say, the beginning here with the asteroids and stuff is like that's good. That's well done. And then it the starts to fall though. apart. Yeah, the constellation and the doomsday machine itself are uh, suboptimal. Now, I would actually say because we uh, maybe I'll hold this until we actually see the constellation. But there's some factoids about the original version that we should talk about. Oh, absolutely. To the new one, absolutely. And I'm and we we can talk about the effects and the demands of effects driven tv in the late 60s later <laughs> yeah <laughs> but this is one of those episodes i'm guessing when they were remastering the series this was the one they had the most fun with 
This because, is probably because they the had the most, most effect- work to do. Yeah, this is the it's, most it's effects one of the episode of the series, yeah, I think. For sure. Yeah, I mean, this is much better. It looks awesome. Showing the constellation drifting through the debris. Yeah, this looks great. Like, it looks like a a real beat-up starship. With that music over it, too? It's, like, emotional. This is one of the best scores in the entire series, too. Mm -hmm. I never realized how good a score from this was. Well, especially because they use it, you know, they scored for this episode and then chop it up and use it again and again afterwards. Uh, So, you forget, like, a lot of this was made for this episode, you know? Yep. That little skip intro button's popping up, but I am never nope, going to click that button. Can't click it. Don't. Click First it. off, we'd mess up our time codes for everyone else. But that is right. only secondary to the you yeah. never skip the intro on Star Trek. Never. I on never Star Trek, do. Yeah. I never do. One time we accidentally, recently, we accidentally skipped the intro to a TNG episode we were watching, and it was like, <laughs> it was like this tra- like tragedy had happened. <laughs> we're like oh what do we what it's do we part, do it's part of the ceremony of watching star trek it really is well especially if you grew up like all of us did especially in, in the time when right. you couldn't yeah there skip was no stuff. skipping right. yeah right that's that's <laughs> part of it and like you know especially for the original series in tng it's that whole space the final frontier thing and it's just, yeah. Like, oh yeah it's a, it's yeah. a whole franchise's mission statement so it's like you kind of you got to listen to it like this this these in, this intro is part of my soul like i need to hear it yeah yeah This is also great. This new shot of the constellation. This is so good here. Like there's actual, you know, exposed like space frame and, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's nice. Yeah. So it might be worth mentioning that in the original show, Mm -hmm. they did not want to touch the original, the main model of the enterprise in order to. Can you blame them? Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. so, so, So to create the constellation. So what they did at this point, there was already a, a model available through AMT who had the mm-hmm. license for Star uh-huh. Trek for many years. I, I bought many AMT models in my time. Mm-hmm. Same they here. Bought an a, they bought an AMT model. Yep. <laughs> put it together. And then and beat it up. The, and beat it up. And that's <laughs> yeah. the constellation. That's and the reason so the constellation cool. and the reason the reg, the constellation's registry number is ten seventeen is because they had no other numbers to yep. use. They just had to mix up the they numbers just, from they the just decal. Used, yeah. From the one seven zero one. Yeah. You gotta love it. That's awesome. That they use a shooting model becomes very obvious later on. Although we won't that see that, use, I guess, that in they the use remastered. A, a consumer model, I should say. No, yeah, no, yeah. Not in the that, that's what happened. That's the only bummer, honestly, about the original version is how blatantly obvious it becomes at the end. Yeah, it's a consumer. It's a consumer model. Yep. So, if I wanted to go back and watch the non-remastered version, though, I'd have to go buy it somewhere right because it's not all the streaming uh, ones are remastered so yeah it's you have to that's what uh, and i love that that asteroid hit off the hole because nice. it's unprotected yeah, it's just you know yeah. um yeah you have to either get the blu-rays which if you don't what kind of tricky are you no i'm just kidding <laughs> um, i don't like physical media okay <laughs> because they give you the option and actually the, the thing i was going to say that kind of surprises me is amazon is actually pretty cool on amazon prime they lit. They have a listing for both the remastered and the non-remastered. Yep. Really? Yep. Now, unfortunately, yeah, when they noticed. mean non-remastered, they mean like it's the same copy you had in the '90s. It's you know what I mean. But there you go. At least you can still see it both ways. I want to go back after this and and watch that version of it. Yeah, you should. You you will be surprised that well the difference is sometimes good, sometimes bad. You know. Did they steal some horda babies right there? That with those balls? It, it kind of looks like yep. it, huh? They, those are, those look like horda eggs. Yep. Yeah, they do. Waste not, want not. Wow, yeah. is, I, you know, I think I've never really noticed that. Totally. <laughs> it's one of I guess like, the hey, ideas just to make it look different than the Enterprise. I was gonna say, how do we make possible? this look just different enough? Hey, we got these <laughs> balls laying around. Let's just mm-hmm. throw them on there. And what is is that like the? conference room they moved a table or something what was that that's the um they don't always tell you where they are when they're on the constellation it's i mean i'm just wondering like the set that. is that just like is that the that conference looks like room the briefing set? room yeah, yeah, yeah. Like briefing i think room. it is yeah. and they Plus just turned like a... the table sideways or something and... yep yeah. yep it's a good idea you try yeah. to like 
Well, and we should we should say that this is a long this becomes a long standing tradition of redressing as a sister ship, you know, for a plot device all throughout yep. the franchise. They do that all the way up to Discovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Matt Zacker didn't abandon ship. <laughs> Dude, spoilers. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> 50-year-old spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. There he is. Yeah. Poor Matt. Yeah. Commodore Decker is played by William Wyndham, who was specialized in playing characters that were kind of afraid and at, on yeah. the edge. He's all over 60s and 70s TV doing this he kind is. of thing. And know? 80s, too. I think he, oh, was yeah, on Mar- he was on a Murder, She Wrote for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. He's probably best known in the genre. Uh, he's in a very famous Twilight Zone episode, Five Characters in Search of an Exit. Heck, yeah. That one's so, that's such a great episode. Yep. And he's in the Night Gallery episode. They, they're tearing down Tim Riley's bar. Both, oh, yeah. which is probably the best episode of Night Gallery. So mm-hmm. he was very good at playing frayed, really beat up characters. I mean, look at him here. He's. I like, mean, look at this. <laughs> he's he's perfectly like disheveled. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a guy in a state of shock. All right, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, Jim, stop being a dick. I know. Jesus, man. Well, chill. <laughs> There's something interesting going on. There's a, interesting going on here, and maybe some of it's a little bit of headcanon, but like Kirk is kind of rattled, I think. And you'll see him mm-hmm. at one point when Decker is falling apart. Like he goes to touch Decker and, and takes his hand away because Kirk realizes that that could be him. Could be him. Exactly. Yeah. I got the same feeling. Yeah. I love when they call them tapes. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, they have all those specs and diagrams on, like, microfiche, right? Yeah. All right. Here comes some famous lines right here. Right out of hell. I saw it. Love it. There is no third planet. (laughs) I love it. He just paused and looks. Don't you think I know that? So good. But not anymore. You know what's great about Matt Decker too is like you actually feel really sorry for him because, you know, what does he get? He can't beam people back up. Yeah. Oh, he's a completely shattered human being. Yeah. yeah. And, but you know, unlike the other sort of crazier mad Starfleet captains that show up, like you understand why he's, you know, basically yeah. lost it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. They humanized mm-hmm. him rather than just like random evil. It's like the evil yeah. admiral trope in TNG. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he does, and we'll get into it later when he he starts adding these touches, but he he adds layers to this character that probably really weren't on the page in the first place. Yeah, I know. I agree. We'll talk about it. William Wyndham was a very, very, very good actor. Trek was lucky to get him. Mm Matt, does it freak you out whenever they say Matt? <laughs> no, because I know who they're talking about. But if I wasn't looking, I'd probably be like, what? What? Stop it. <laughs> I 
William Wyndham said that when he, he this was not a particularly happy set when he was doing the show. Really? He said that Shatner and Nimoy were at war while this episode was. Uh, this was during that period, huh? That's gross. Yeah. Actors are like that, though. That's pretty common. Yeah, they're big personalities, and they have a lot of emotions. Yeah. And they're very insecure. <laughs> it's a sarbamba. <laughs> so, I mean, even this plot point here, the notion that this is a weapon left over from a, a very old and forgotten war has a certain amount of relevance today because there are nukes lying all over this oh, planet. Oh, yeah. Very old. Yeah. From wars that are long since over. Mm-hmm. Bears mentioning quickly that Matt Decker is the father of Will Decker, the Ilya's boyfriend. Lamented, yeah, Ilya's boyfriend. Ilya's boyfriend, the late lamented uh, captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. It's convenient if they call a red alert right as the Commodore beams on board and happens to be the mm. ranking officer, huh? <laughs> mm. Well, mm. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. This is a cool shot. You very rarely get to see rear views of the ship with the engines and everything else. They did. They fixed that a lot in the remastered version. Mm-hmm. Like there were supposed to be, you know, aft shots, and you didn't know any better until they <laughs> fixed it with the engines there. Yep. When did the remasters of these come out? Oh six. Oh six oh seven. Right. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're definitely showing their age. In I know. I didn't want to say <laughs> yeah. anything. They were, they were kind of showing their age at the time. They yeah, were made. really? They were, I mean, we know that yeah. they were done on a shoestring budget even then, which is unfortunate. So, I know. I hate to, I hate to say anything bad about it because they did such an incredible job. But it's like, oh, that looks like a video game from the yeah. early 2000s. Yeah. It totally does. That's and the, the yeah, problem. such a mixed bag. I, I can see know? the polygons. <laughs> they put the, for some reason CBS thought that it was a good idea to put them on a week to week production schedule because they wanted to broadcast these. I guess somebody paid for it. Really, I didn't so know these that. Were, yeah, so somebody. Well, like, yeah, was, the, the money for this came from the syndication division. This isn't. Yeah, from yeah, oh yeah, any, yeah. So these were broadcast week to week when they came out in 06. I didn't realize yep. that they were they were like fighting to make that schedule like they would yes, a regular they were fighting production. They were, That's yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's completely insane. Yeah, it's bonkers. Like when you think yeah. about it. They learned their lesson when they did TNG, although TNG was a much more complicated remaster yeah, job than, yeah. than TOS. But well, yeah, and it was a different market by then, anyway. Like, yeah, 
just so like I, I, I like I said, I hate to say anything bad about it because the fact that they did any of this, like they didn't have to do it, and it they it make, gave so much to the franchise. It's so amazing to have them. Yep. So they are on the what's what's the name? This is like the oh the auxiliary the, control room, the right? auxiliary yeah. control room, yeah, which yeah. is like the basically the backup bridge. Mm-hmm. The the battle bridge before that was a thing, basically. Right, right. Oh, I always thought it was like this, backup engineering. No, this is a backup control center for in case the bridge becomes oh. uninhabitable. Smart. And that view screen, I think, is from like the cage and where No Man has gone before. Yep, sure oh. is. Good call. Again, waste not, want not. Yeah. I believe I said that. Yeah. I believe I just said that, Doctor. Mm-hmm. The original Doomsday Machine was made from a windsock dipped in cement. Oh, yeah. I would have I would have guessed paper mache. Yeah, it's it looked crazy. like it looked like paper mache actually, but that's not what it was. It's pretty clever. Paper mache wouldn't have paper mache would not have held up to to uh, shooting. Huh. On the light and everything else, it would have fallen apart. I think they needed something a little sturdier. We should. Oh man, we should try to make our own. I want to make my own and then like do an instructable. Oh, totally. You're like make your own <laughs> do doomsday yourself. machine. <laughs> do it yourself, doomsday machine. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I think Eagle Moss last year put out a. Uh, they did their version of it. And see, it's well, not to scale, unfortunately. But, <laughs> it's not to scale. Yeah, can you imagine that scale? Right there with V'ger, it'd be like gigantic, you know. Mm-hmm. You mean it's not to scale relative to their other models? Yes. That's yeah, it I can't mean. be. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, this thing could swallow up an, the whole a dozen starships. A dozen starships. Yeah. So yeah. like they could make that to scale. It'd just be big. Just like <laughs> their whole table. Now Decker is asserting his authority. Yeah, you can see. You could this whole time. You could see him sort of wake up. You know, like snap out of it, and he is gonna take charge. I love how Spock, just like without even emoting, looks pissed. Oh yeah, he's yep. he's, he's throwing shade <laughs> at him, but it's uh, you know, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people I think don't seem to understand that Leonard Nimoy was not playing an emotionless being. No, no that's no, true. God, no. Spock, Spock is not. He's someone who knows how to control those emotions and the, and Leonard Nemo is very good at just letting that play across his face in the most subtle ways. So yes. subtle, but it's obvious so yeah. to anyone looking yeah. that he's pissed off right now. Yeah. That's why Leonard Nemo got three Emmy nominations in a row. Darn right. Uh-oh. He's going to force to relieve him if he doesn't behave. <laughs> That's what the crazy trumpets tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> crazy trumpets drink. Yeah, right. If anyone's playing the drinking game at home. I love this bit. Spock, do something. I know. <laughs> McCoy could could do something. He tries to, right? He tries to, but Spock corrects him. He has to be able to certify that he's incompetent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, proving it. Dope. <laughs> I mean, in in a real situation, though, couldn't he say, "I need to take you for an examination"? Oh yeah, he could. In theory, as the ship surgeon, he could order him down a sick bay. Yeah, but I, I guess so. they're in the middle of a battle. Yeah, so then that wins, but a still, crisis situation. Yeah. yeah, and I guess it's another issue of do you really, you know, people would be afraid to go up against command like that, like that serious business, especially someone you don't know. McCoy's being pretty outspoken about it, though. It's clear what his opinion yeah. is. 
Yeah, but like, you know, he basically just got told to get lost because he doesn't he's a medical officer, get off the bridge. And he does, you know, because that is the chain of command. Yeah. <laughs> This little lopsided swagger of him, you know, in the chair, like just yeah. Anybody want to challenge me now? You know, look, like yeah. So that goes back to what I was going to say about William Wyndham and the touches he puts in this. Because if you watch him throughout the course of the show, even from the beginning when you hear his captain's log, there's a certain kind of I wouldn't call him a martinet, but like he's definitely you could tell he's kind of a bit of an autocrat i would say as a, as a captain mm-hmm. as a commanding officer mm. like he's not he's not looking yeah. to make friends he's, among he's, his he's crew. not a he's jim very, kirk leader he's or not Picard a jim kirk or Jean- Picard, Jean- Picard, yeah. Picard. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 he's kind of i you're here to work for me and this is yeah. how it is he's more of a jellico you might say <laughs> yes he's more like maybe not quite maybe not quite as harsh not as quite as hard as that yeah. but yeah he's yeah. he's on that side of it yeah except yeah. never forget that jellico made troy wear a uniform which that's right this is which ma- was a damn good choice to the that's right to the franchise <laughs> We salute you for that, Captain Jill. <laughs> yep. I feel like um, Marina Sirtis also salutes him for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Marina. I'm glad she finally got a uniform. Yeah. <laughs> but Wyndham, I think, he those are little touches. Like Even the way he's, like you said, like the way he's sitting in the chair. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that, like, we, I, I didn't call it out, but I love that he's fiddling with the data tapes aka the floppy yep. disks you know yep. just sort of pensive and you know whatever he just can't and ner- he's obviously nervous yeah yeah, yeah he's he's kind of, well and remember this guy is still like disturbed like technically oh, yeah. you know like oh clearly not, yeah like these he's are not all actually wonderful <laughs> but these are all wonderful touches exactly you know because there's no way the script said by the way you should look anxious still you know what i mean like that didn't say that yeah. you know yeah. yeah so i think he's kind of uh probably not the the Warm, warmest friendliest uh, starship commander even when he meets even when Kirk shows up in the constellation he looks at him and he goes Kirk why it's Jim Kirk hmm. you know what I mean he's yeah so he's well and remember Kirk is like the wonderkind because yeah. that's yeah, the other exactly. thing he's the youngest captain like, oh, right? yeah, it's Who almost is? like it's almost like it's it's oh yeah Jim Kirk the boy wonder is here yeah. yep exactly like oh geez Jim Kirk rescued me yeah because that goes back to what we we were saying recently when we were all watching at court martial is that like most of Kirk's peers are much older than him. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Honestly, I think they like. It took me a while watching the series to realize that was a thing. They don't hit hit you over the head with that, and it, no, they don't. When I realized no, it, it was don't. like, oh, that actually but makes a big difference in who his what his character is about. That's right, because like yep. if you start to look at like all the other captains he interacts with, most of them have some gray hair, you know, and he mm-hmm, doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how old was Shatner at this point? Thirty-four, thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. He's wearing his wraparound tunic. This is my favorite. Is the green wraparound like the sort of semi-cash? Yep. It's not very flattering on him though at times. <laughs> <laughs> right right matt you know sometimes it's so funny that they made that as an alternate because they were worried about him i've is the urban legend anyway you know it, how his figure went up and down throughout the season but i don't <laughs> really i don't yeah, think that was, wraparound's any better oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. It, it, you can always tell what part of the season it is by looking at, at how william shatner looks weight wise i know <laughs> sorry bill you're in front of the camera. When is he happens. heaviest? The beginning or the end of the season? And the middle of the season. Yeah, because huh. they basically they basically make him get in shape at the beginning of every season. You know, like and he he showed he showed very svelte, and then in the middle, you know as the demands of doing the show catch up to him. Yeah, and, no, it's got to be stressful. Weight. And then oh, yeah. and then he'd see himself in dailies and go, oh shit, I've got to like <laughs> I've got to I've got to lose weight. And by the end of the season, he'd, he'd be kind of back. Of yeah, it's yeah, you know, it's the it's the whole thing of like that anyone in the public eye you know looks themselves and goes like oh shit that's what i look like you know and yeah. course corrects a little and then also some sweet very season one lighting on kirk's eyes here they don't usually do that yeah. as much in season two yeah. and three yeah mm-hmm. i like Shout that out to Jer- yeah i like it too uh, actually the original series had especially in its first season had very 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 yeah. good cinematography yeah, I liked it. Like I know Jerry Fenderman was a very yeah, talented. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, he he did. I, I know some people think it's hokey or something, but I've always liked it. Just how it's kind of dramatic and 
whatever you it call it. It looked very different than almost anything on TV. Mm-hmm. It was one of the things that drew people to it. Trek looked like no, nothing else on television looked like this. Nothing. Which I think is something that gets lost over the years. I think mm-hmm. it's still true. Nothing's ever looked like TOS. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, Matt, you're slipping a little there, buddy. Getting yep. a little obsessive. <laughs> yep. This is the first of several instances where we see a character behaving just like Captain Ahab in yes. Star Trek. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yep. They do love Completely that literally obsessed. literary illusion, don't they? Yeah. How many times did they deal with? Well, we get this. We get Khan. We get Picard. Picard, multiple Picard, times. I think mm-hmm. there's one other instance of it somewhere. Um, Herman Melville's estate should oh, be raking I in mean, those uh, I royalties. Mean, Kirk, Kirk does in the literal episode literally titled Obsession, you could Obsession, say. Obsession, yeah. The yeah, Obsession's I mean, the other one. Yeah. That's the other one. Yeah. See, I like what they did here with the remastered that like you can see it's getting pulled in and slowly flips itself around, mm-hmm. like getting flipped by being pulled in. Yeah, it would look goofy if it was just like a static thing moving in one direction. Like being dragged, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's caught in a gravitational eddy. <laughs> That's the TNG version of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill goes for a ride. And yeah. he goes. I love these scenes so much. Yeah. That's how you know it's badly damaged. Look at this thing. Between this, like, crazy sound effects that are, like, (laughs) engine straining sound effects, you know, and everything. Like, you know this is a junked ship. You're going to turn out just like Decker, Kirk. <laughs> just don't you pay for the week. Exactly. <laughs> also, like, Scotty, you couldn't, you couldn't have told him sooner. You know what I mean? Like, oh, actually, I have those. <laughs> Here comes the windsock. Mm-hmm. The windsock of death. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, except for... <laughs> Spock has that earpiece in almost the entire episode, yeah. which is unusual for Spock to it have is. that. Yeah. I guess because Nichelle wasn't there, he borrowed hers. <laughs> You'd think it'd be uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I would, think You so. would think so. I love the way Spock talks. Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny. I just realized this, this, this version of Spock's a little shouty again in this episode. That's kind of... I didn't even think about it. You think he is? Just a little bit, because I think it's that edge of annoyance with the whole situation. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, totally. Yeah. He's, he's carrying that yeah. emotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> he's also not very patient with Decker at all. He just, he could see well, it's it because very he's a, yeah, he, he shouldn't be. Suffer yeah. The, Screw yeah, that. That's right. Yeah, he, he doesn't yeah. want to suffer this fool. So oh, like, yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah, like, absolutely. Lives yeah, are at stake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing tomatoes at my screen right now. <laughs> I 
<laughs> you're the lunatic. <laughs> I love that. You're the lunatic who's responsible. <laughs> we see I the love way this. He just he, he see, gives see how, how kind of high handed yeah. he is. You will say it to me. And this little bit he does to Spock here, where he makes Spock come down. Yeah, it's so demeaning. It's just like, well, you're gonna yeah. come down yeah. here. But that's what I'm I mean. Charge. That's what I mean. Like Wyndham, I yeah. think, like adds a lot of little layers to Decker. Not with my <laughs> ship, you don't. <laughs> I know. I love this. Kirk's like, nah, that's that's my lady. You ain't doing that. <laughs> it's my whole reason for living. Mm-hmm. I love this Hell on my yeah. personal authority thing. I don't know if that's a real thing, but with Kirk, I believe, you know, I believe him. Like, I, you know, it's like. Right. He, he, I mean, I think he's basically like, do it and I'll back you up. Yeah, that's yep. really it. We'll deal with and the fallout later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Assuming we survived, reach a starbase. I love that. There he is, biting his knuckle. Stare down. Yeah, you wouldn't dare. He would. He would. That's right. Spock's so happy right now. Oh yeah. Vulcans never bluff. Yeah. How do I know that he's happy right now? I just know it. Because he he just his face lightened ever so slightly. Yeah, you know what I mean? so like, subtle, but he really is. His long overdue like psych test. Yeah. <laughs> the old cough fake out there, right? <laughs> That's great. He's breaking out of this full Nelson. Yep. He's a powerful guy. <laughs> <Bah! laughs> Matt Decker beats a guy 15 years younger than him. Yep. To be fair, a guy's kind of scrawny. He is. But he's wiry, okay? And the security guy's probably freaked out that he's in a fight with a, with See, a car yeah. officer. Yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> this is the only. This is the only, no. This is one of the Commodore. We meet Commodore Stone and Commodore Stalker during the course yes. of the series, I believe. This is the only one actually in command of the ship, though. Yeah, all the the other two guys are lame ducks that are just sort of. They're administrators. Yeah, they're yeah. not. Yeah. Matt Decker proving right now that he's actually like not fit to command because he's about to do something suicidal. But <laughs> so he really wasn't fit to command. But oh well. <laughs> they did a nice job with engineering here. Mm-hmm. Like the way they changed the lighting and everything. And with the wreckage and everything strewn about. And don't forget the spheres. <laughs> the, spheres. the spheres. Yeah. It's true though, man. Never never underestimate lighting and some extra, you know, plant on things. It's Yep. I think this is the first Constitution class ship that gets destroyed during the series, and there's like two or three more after this, right? This Yeah, I think so. I think that many. Like it's Exe- funny. The Exeter and Omega Glory. Yep. The Defiant. And then, of course, in uh, the Ultimate Computer. In the Ultimate Computer, I think, yeah. was it the Excalibur? Mm-hmm. So, something like that. So that's four Constitution-class ships. 
<laughs> out of 12. So that's not good. There's only yeah. 12? Yeah, because yeah. I remember they're supposed to be the flagship, the, the top of the line. I thought there were like yeah. a ton yeah. of them and they were just the best one. No. Oh, no. No. No, there's only 12 Constitution class ships. I didn't Scotland. know that. Because they were sort of likened to like aircraft carriers or something. There's only supposed to mm. be a small, an elite group of them. I see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're considered very special ships with very special top crew, and crews. Yeah. And yeah everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did a much better job with the shuttlecraft in season two. They had a lot more control panels and things. Yeah, it was it was pretty actually bare. It was pretty stripped down and bare bones in season one. Yeah. Decker isn't thinking logically, dude. I love how <laughs> nope. Spock doesn't, it honestly doesn't get that. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> Think about your son, Will, damn it. I know. Little Will is somewhere. Come on. Little he's Billy. Star- he's got to be in Starfleet. Yeah, he's probably like an ensign somewhere at this point, huh? Yeah, because remember, he's going to be a captain like three or four years after this. So, No, no, no. It's like 10. No. TMP takes place maybe four or five years after this. Oh, yeah. It's like five years, huh? Yeah. There you go. I love the way he kind of reacts to the fact that he's... He's like, knowingly doing this to himself. Yeah. Also, apparently, I mean, at a certain point, that's probably going to get very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like that. (laughs) Like that. Oh, my goodness. Very hot. Very bright. (laughs) He's gone. Jerry Finneman's so good. That chef's of light are just falling right across Shatner's eyes. It's awesome. And actually, they're doing a heck of a job with Spock, too, because he's got kind of a harsh side and then like a less harsh side yeah. in the way he's lit, too. Jerry Finneman is one of the great unsung heroes of the original series. He did a beautiful job shooting it. Mm-hmm. classic (laughs) 
So do do you do you think they like call the damage control party and are like, hey guys, by the way, we're about to beam you back? Or do you think they just beam them in the middle of whatever they're doing? <laughs> Hopefully they get told. <laughs> I would imagine this episode soaked up quite a bit of the series' uh, budget. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because of the windsock? Yeah, <laughs> because of the windsock. Yeah, there's a lot of original effects in this episode. You can't just rely on stock footage. Scotty chose the right color. The red switch, yeah. you know. <laughs> Hit red and things go kaboom. Mm-hmm. Good old Kyle. Oh, God, it's like sparking. Mm-hmm. That's how you know he's it's serious. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so the remaster people tried to make the Demon's Day Machine look more like, I don't know exactly, a shiny rock or something. Like, they were trying to be more faithful to the original description of it, like, in the yeah, script. solid neutronium, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In, in the script or whatever. But the weird part about that then is it just looks weird and it looks different, you know? Hmm. It just doesn't look the same, I don't think. I don't, I'm actually that don't love what they did with it. You sure it's not just the early 2000s video game effect? <laughs> but as we know, they can also do really great stuff. So it, it just it's goes true. back... You yeah, the know. quality is all over the place during, in the remastered run. Some of the stuff is beautiful and some stuff is video game quality. Yeah. With apologies to Dave Rossi and everybody over at CBS, but it, that's the truth. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. You know it's bad when there's a poof of smoke from the transporter <laughs> platform. of Kirk. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> now, Kill, it's in these shots in the original show where they're, they're shooting the constellation from that angle, and you can actually see one of the cells wiggle. <laughs> Yeah, because it was a model from the ANT yeah. model. Consumer grade model. Yeah, it's so yeah. obviously just yeah. like a beat up model. They should have incorporated the wiggle in the remaster <laughs> to stay true to the original material. That's a great shot. Mm-hmm. 
good Kirk pose. <laughs> it's like vomiting. Yeah. It does, yeah. Man, I was holding my breath. <laughs> oh, it's 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 a tense moment. Like even though it, it's beautifully. How done. many times have we seen it? And it's still like a tense yeah. moment, you know. And the score really really propels it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, the score. <laughs> and then we get to see a rare glimpse of the entire bridge. They actually walk the circuit of the bridge. You very rarely see. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Yeah. Because they wanted to pull out wedges to film, so normally they wouldn't do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they have the view screen yep. in the background. And that there. would have been a very expensive thing to do. Yep. So here we are. This is very, you don't normally see this part of the set. They just had to end on a cutesy moment. <laughs> yep. Spock does make a good point, though. That probably isn't the only one. Yeah. Gene Kuhn. Yep. Yep. So good. Yep. It's always a stop and watch thing if I see it on or something, you know? Oh, definitely. Mm hmm. So. That concludes our audio commentary for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it and got something out of it. Maybe learned something you hadn't heard before. Or just maybe gave you a, a reason to watch the Doom, Doomsday Machine because we could all use one of those. Yep. That's right. <laughs> As if you really needed a reason. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, come on. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.